4: It's the Roundball Rock Podcast starring Dave Schilling, Carl Bernstein, Seymour Hirsch, Joey Devine, Ida B. Wells, Ida M. Tarbell, Upton Sinclair, Sean Keene. Glenn Greenwald! Nellie Bly! Special guest, Ken Klippenstein! Patreons, Alf Pogs! Thank you, Alf Pogs! Christine D'Amato! Thank you, Christine! Jeff Zom! Thank you, Jeff! Musical guest, The Clips! And now, the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine!
5: Hi,
4: it's me,
1: Joey Divine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with my good friend, the permanent co-host of Round Ball Rock, uh, and, uh, Yard Barker writer extraordinaire, also comedian, trivia host, um babysitter. Uh mm-hmm. what else are you, Sean? You're uh, besides Raccontour.
2: Raccontour, um former uh middle school
1: geography B champion. hmm Great, great, great. Um, any other any other uh uh awards you wanna
2: bring up? Swim instructor. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> Uh, 2014 Goldie Award winner for mm-hmm. excellence in stand-up comedy from the defunct San Francisco Bay Guardian. Didn't
1: it immediately go out of business the second they? Yeah, like, like
2: literally a week later. Mm-hmm. A week later, I was mm-hmm. it was they were out of like I was like, yeah, I was attending like a wake for uh, that mm-hmm. free weekly uh, <laughs> within days of uh, it hitting the shelf. So I think I might have been in the final. Edition of the San Francisco Bay right. Guardian. So you are sure.
1: the you are the
6: forever the reigning, the reigning. I am still yeah.
2: the greatest comedian in San Francisco. Which again, they didn't even necessarily say. They just said uh, outstanding.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I'm I'm glad to talk to you, Sean. I'm glad you've Thank won you. all those awards. Um, Thank
2: you. Just just I. <laughs> I ha- I have a lot of banners hung on the ceiling of my podcast studio right now. Oh, good. Um, yeah. I cover them up when I'm recording other podcasts, though, and I put pictures of Blake Griffin over mm-hmm. them.
1: I, of course, uh, only have my life-size cutout of Ryan Russillo, my hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's right.
2: <laughs> Do you I- have that photo of him in the gym, snapping a towel?
1: I don't. He's, uh, he actually is, uh, wearing a policeman's uniform, and a, uh, he has a tattoo of the Blue Lives Matter, uh, Punisher skull. Um.
2: Oh, wow, that's pretty,
1: that's pretty cool. I drew it myself on, on the cutout. Um, I guess, you know what, we should comment on that real quick. There's been a lot of Bill Simmons news, Sean,
2: um, lately. And what do you have to say about Bill? Anything? (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I do think it is probably a valid point that, that um, you know. A man who went Bringer to Exeter does not have any, and uh, is uh, from
1: Boston is uh, maybe has uh, troubling yeah. takes about race. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> also, just, um, I mean, look, it is, it, is, it is a common thing in many industries where people are not. Um, it is the way that people talk about racism as in it being like a conscious act. And something that has to do with the hate in your heart rather than the unconscious or conscious bias to being from uh, Connecticut going to prep school, Mm -hmm. then going to a Catholic school. The fact that you put all of your uh, college buddies and friends and relatives Mm -hmm. on your productions means there are a lot of white people you Mm -hmm. need to actually uh, try to be diverse. You can't just... uh, have your Republican lawyer friend be your political correspondent mm-hmm. in a responsible way. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying also, but, uh, so, uh, and, and, and talking about how, uh, you called yourself Jabal mm-hmm. as a child. He did say that. Yeah. Uh, does not make you, does that, does not make you less racist mm-hmm. and it does not mean, uh, you know, you, you, you need to give people opportunities, and they can't just be your friends and or incompetent uh amateur rapper uh union busting nephew
1: that's my <laughs> uh i I just want to bring up so his quote uh what I'm supposed to give uh, the mic to anybody it's not an open mic night uh I will say as someone who's attended thousands of stand up open uh-huh. mic nights um I will say that quote is correct in that any open mic night that had a child, the, the host's child rapping as the intro, would not have lasted two weeks. So it is no, not an open not mic night.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, open mic, mic nights uh, tend to have a lot of minority voices, actually. Mm-hmm. And that is all, The Ringer is also not like that. Uh, but like an open mic night, um, often the host's friends get preferential treatment and don't have to uh, wait in line mm-hmm. as long. Right. Uh, and are considered to be beloved by, again, the patrons of the open mic. Right. hmm So, uh, yeah, that's all I'm saying. But congratulations to former Bachelorette Rachel Lindsay on her no show on The Ringer. And I uh, hope to hear her on the Rewatchables soon. <laughs> uh, probably talking about the movie Iron Eagle.
5: That's my guess. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we're, we're watching Ghost of Girlfriends Past and, uh, Rachel, I was just wondering, um,
1: who won the movie? Who, who's your Mount Rushmore of the Girlfriends Past? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, before we get into the show, uh, just some news up top, uh, I mean, sorry, some business up top. Uh, roundrockpod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Mm-hmm. Call us mm-hmm. on the phone. We haven't done, We haven't gotten any phone calls in a while. Call us on the phone at the uh, number embedded in the episode. Uh-huh. Um, also, patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Twitter at roundrockpod. Uh, Sean, we have a special guest today. Um, It's a big-time get. Oh, it's
2: a, it's a huge get. It's one... I I did not think we would get this person.
1: Yeah, uh Ken Klippenstein is here. Um everyone's favorite leftist <laughs> reporter.
2: Uh uh-huh. great tweeter.
1: Mhm. Uh one of the Yeah, one of just uh, one of the funniest reporters on Twitter. Uh we're going to talk to him about FOIA requests later. <laughs> and how uh-huh. how does that relate to our podcast? You'll see. But first, um, let's talk about news. There's been a lot of news. Let's get to the news. Okay.
3: This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process.
1: All right, Sean. Our top story. The NBA in the dumbest possible way of doing good like literally the least they can do right has determined that players are allowed to replace their last names with statements for social justice on the back of their jerseys so this is
2: like the nickname jersey thing they did was that for christmas that they did that i don't remember exactly it doesn't matter but yes but yeah they can put They can put a slogan like many like the it looks like in the Premier League, they've just put Black Lives Matter as the name on many of the jerseys, which, you know, that fine, universal. um, But
6: here's the problem with
1: what they're
2: doing. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Players can put whatever they want on it. And Spencer Uh Dinwiddie has announced what he's going to wear on his jersey. Are you ready? Uh huh. Sorry, Spencer Dinwiddie. (laughs) Is putting his number twenty six, and instead of his last name or Dinwiddie Coin or Doge Coin or uh-huh. Elon Musk's face or whatever, he's just, just decided uh, his last name instead will say Trillion. That's uh-huh. his social justice statement. Um, Sean, do you want to explain why he's wearing Trillion twenty six on his jersey?
2: Yeah, it, apparently that's the uh, the national deficit. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So Spencer Dinwiddie, besides being um an inspiring story of perseverance in the n b a and a weird cryptocurrency uh cap circumventer uh is also apparently an aggressive deficit hawk uh-huh. and austerity advocate yeah, he decided that the
1: issue uh-huh. his biggest issue he wants to carries the national deficit
2: yes, that um- is because right <laughs> now that is this is the moment uh-huh. for this uh-huh um we need to, we need the government to spend less money, apparently, mm-hmm. to choke out the economy, to send people on the streets and balance that budget. Also, uh, you know, someone, has someone told Spencer divinity that the deficit is uh, fake? Yeah, it, does, it really does not matter at all. Yeah. It is, uh, it's just something that rich people uh, try to make poor people care about.
1: Anyway, this is lame <laughs> and hilarious and, of course, the worst. I But I would like to announce, uh-huh. uh, congratulations, Spencer Dinwiddie. You have replaced CJ McCollum as worst dork nerd in the NBA.
2: <laughs> I think he is. Is he the NBA's young Sheldon now? I think he is. I think Spencer congratulations. Dinwiddie is now the NBA's young Sheldon. That's what he needs to have on the back of his jersey. <laughs> Y-U-N-G, Sheldon. Um also what happened right after ap- like hours after and he immediately his-
1: tested positive for COVID-19. And now yes. it seems like he might not be even coming to the bubble.
2: It is it's pro- I would say it's like twenty a twenty percent chance that he goes. Uh we'll get into it later, but like no one on the nets is going. uh uh-huh. It's crazy. Um also John Morant uh, had to apologize for saying he wanted to put fuck 12 on yeah on his which jersey. rules uh, don't
1: apologize that's yeah. tight I mean I, I understand why he had to but yeah it's still
2: it's still really funny <laughs>
1: uh-huh. um. <laughs> uh, in other bubble news, uh, our friend Sean Hyken, uh got a this quote is a scoop. From Dam- this is a big scoop yeah got a scoop from Damian Lillard. Uh, Sean tweeted uh, at hiking on Twitter. Follow him. Uh, Sean tweeted. Dame says he's not planning on leaving his hotel room in Orlando outside of games, slash practices, slash workouts. "Quote: I'll have my PS3, my PS4, my mic, my studio equipment. I'm chilling."
2: Unquote.
5: Ah, boy. So
2: I I wish he had stopped at PS4. Well,
1: (laughs) we'll get to that, but what I want to say is, um, Sean, everyone on this podcast knows I'm an Xbox man. You are, Um, yeah. And look, are the games worse, markedly? Yeah, but you (laughs) know what? Can I play Xbox 360 games on my Xbox One? I sure can. This is why... Yeah, You yeah. go Xbox, because it's backwards compatible, baby. Mm-hmm, you don't need to be mm-hmm. lugging both your PS3, your Xbox 360, and your Xbox One around.
2: Yeah.
5: You just get the Xbox One, baby.
2: Dude, um, Dame was already playing the biggest minutes load per game in the entire league, and now he's got to carry an extra gaming system mm-hmm. with him. And
5: a PS3 Not is good.
2: unwieldy in size, by the <laughs> it's way. L- it's large. <laughs> I... I know some, some comedians who go on the road and have brought a PS3 and are, like, laughed at in airports. Yeah. Um, for being nerds. Not And that <laughs> the also. Um also. Uh, but, yeah, just
1: once again, I'd like to announce, if you also play Apex Legends on uh, Xbox, my gamer <laughs> tag is your boy Guy Fieri. That's U-R-B-O-Y, uh-huh. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, I want to play Apex Legends with you. Uh it's the only game I play. Uh-huh. Crossplay comes out for all of our listeners. They're saying this fall for the Nintendo Switch, the PS, uh, the PS4, and the PC, so you know, write down that gamer tag. <laughs> we'll play some Apex yeah, yeah, Legends. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs>
6: um,
1: but Sean, let's talk about damn uh-huh. studio equipment. Um, ah, he's gonna be rapping again. I I don't love that. There's Joey. gonna be how many albums is he gonna put out in this three month period? Recorded in a Disney
2: World hotel room. I think it's one album every three weeks, so uh, four. Okay. Um, I think he gets in four. Maybe maybe one of them's an EP, but I don't necessarily feel like Dame Lillard, having heard some of his music. I wouldn't call him a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's not, he's not, he's not painstakingly back in the lab. He's like, yep, that rhymed. (laughs) Um, The other question I have for you. We all saw him at the all, at all star weekend. So I think you can expect more of that. However you felt about that.
1: There's a lot of, um. Music has a long tradition of uh people's home recordings kind of being crappy unless you're uh Daniel yeah, like when Johnston Lion
2: recorded that album at a crack house. yeah
1: yeah or uh right. uh Rivers Cuomo I believe has two home recordings albums one of course sure. has one of the weirdest songs I've ever heard which is uh about how the uh the world the men's world cup team is going to win about how this is their year (laughs) yeah um which it's the only song i know that name checks demarcus beasley and landon
2: (laughs) (laughs) i have to say that is extremely on brand for rivers (laughs) Cuomo. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the Kobe Jones Of alternative
1: rock he's written no, that's, two, that's mean to Kobe he's Jones He's written I'm sorry. two songs about men's World Cup Men's Team USA World Cup uh, uh, Anthems I guess There's Represent which was actually The unofficial US soccer album And then there's the one I'm talking about Which I believe is called Our Day Is Coming
2: <laughs> God well, and one of the greatest things It's called is My that, Day is
1: Coming, excuse me My uh, Day is uh-huh. Coming uh, Um, And it's he, about the 2006 Men's World Cup uh, team Which I believe Oh, that's what
2: Represent is the, about or Our Day is Coming? Our,
1: my Day is Coming is about the 2006 team Represent is about the 2010 team
2: I believe they don't score a point in 2006. I believe that's true. It's possible? Yeah. They definitely, they definitely don't get out of the first round. And uh, in 2010, he was very confident that uh, the U.S. would make the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and he insisted that Bonnaroo would be showing the U.S. England game.
1: Um, yeah. So, uh, 2006, my day <laughs> so is be, coming, yeah. which is a weirdly okay. sad song, by the way. It's just him and a piano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, includes oh, Like the... those normal soccer <laughs> anthems you hear <laughs> In Names check Checks all of these players Sean Now you're a soccer fan Look I know this is a weird tangent But here we are Lyndon Donovan Demarcus Beasley Freddie Adu, Clint Dempsey Oguchi, Anyewu Bobby Convey Eddie Johnson
6: Teacher Rondolo Brian Sin Carlos, Pocanegra, Jimmy Conrad, Pat Newton, let me hear you say. <laughs> he
5: sings uh-huh.
1: the names Landon Donovan, Demarcus Beasley,
2: Freddie Adu uh-huh. Clint Dempsey. Oh, the potential. All the <laughs> potential for Freddie Adu. Oh, I heard they tore down his statue at Nike Town this week.
1: Oh, go- uh, uh, Gochi Anyewoo, Bobby Convey, oh. Eddie Johnson, Steve Cherundolo, Brian oh my Chin. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Wow. Carlos Bocanegra, Jimmy Conrad,
2: and Pat Noonan. <laughs> I had forgotten Pat Noonan, Carlos Bocanegra, <laughs> classic. He didn't. He didn't get a Brian McBride plug-in. I guess it's too early for Brian McBride. <laughs> um. So you know, uh,
1: I hope. <laughs> I hope we get some uh, bubble anthems from Dame. Is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, where he can yeah, name definitely. check uh, Gary I Trent Junior. <laughs> <men's. laughs> Oh, oh, no, no I want I want him to do one about the U.S. men's soccer team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they are, they the MLS,
1: MLS is there, so, I mean, he's not leaving his hotel room, so, so I guess yeah. he's not going to make any new friends.
6: <laughs> how
2: about it, how about it's just called, like, Timber, MLS is going to fall. <laughs> um, anyway, not looking forward
1: to people pretending those songs are good. My least favorite thing that happens on Twitter. Pretending they
2: even listen to them. (laughs) Come on.
1: (laughs) My least favorite thing that happens on NBA Twitter. Um, Let's talk about players who are out real quick. We're already at 25 minutes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, let's just go quickly. Um, The Brooklyn. Yeah, the teams that are interesting. The Brooklyn Nets. Straight up uh, tanking. KD, Kyrie is out. Um, DeAndre Jordan has tested positive for COVID. He says he's not going. Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, hasn't said he's out yet, but he's out. He's actually pretty sick, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, Some of these guys have been asymptomatic and to- tested positive. Um, I just I can't imagine. It seems so irresponsible to send Spencer Dinwiddie in there to fight for the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wilson Chandler has also opted out. Um, I think because he wants to spend time with his family. He's got little kids. He's got an old grandmother. And he's... Uh, One of the more woke NBA players. So I Mm -hmm. think he probably uh, has some thoughts about the commodification of young black people for the NBA. Um, And they have added uh, Tyler Johnson Mm -hmm. and Justin Anderson. And they're probably adding like two or three more players. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Avery Bradley is out for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Um, He was pretty vocal about um, the social issues of it but also he has uh, a six-year-old son with respiratory issues yeah mm-hmm. and uh doesn't want to not see his son for three months mm-hmm. which seems fair um and so as a result the lakers have all they already signed dion waiters and they, and they also added jr smith yeah yeah which is quite a party duo uh to fill in mm-hmm. um and the last time Jared Smith played with LeBron. LeBron broke his hand, or claimed he broke his hand, <laughs> punching something in frustration. <laughs> he probably didn't really break his hand. Um, let's see. Jokic uh, the,
6: uh,
2: oh, the Nuggets. Oh, the is yeah. In for the Clippers. Um, yeah, Jokic tested positive, and then some unknown number of staff members and front office members mm-hmm. tested positive to the point that the Nuggets have just shut down their practice facility. Um, Brooklyn also shut theirs down, but they've opened it since. Uh,
1: yeah, Mike uh, Malone sort of criticized the bubble today in an interview, saying that if yeah. Disney employees aren't getting tested, it's not
2: really a bubble. Well, I mean, they've they've had an outbreak at their, their own training facility, yeah. so it makes sense that he would have that opinion. Um, with the Pacers, it's, Malcolm Brogdon had a positive test, but it sounds like he is prepping to play like the Pacers delivered a bunch of exercise equipment to his house while Mm -hmm. he's isolating. Um, and I think Victor Oladipo was going to sit it out. It looks like Mm. even though he actually returned to the regular NBA. Um, but what if, what if they get him studio equipment to sing? Yeah, he'll be at Dame's. Yeah. He and Dame (laughs) have to have to split studio time. Um, The Suns added Cameron Payne to replace the Kelly Oubre spot. He had knee surgery. Uh, Trevor Reza is opting out of his uh, Blazers deal because he has a month of visitation with his son that he would not be able to have because uh, family members can't come to the bubble until the end of August. Uh, Also, Um, by the way, we don't need to
1: know that. Just opt out. Like, that was that felt gross to me.
2: It was weird, but also I get like... I, yeah, it's, it sucks that he had to, like, head off that criticism. And he's, like, the, the – it's not like he signed with Portland. He signed somewhere else as a free agent and got traded there. And it's, like, he's given up a bunch of money. It's was, like, totally fair. Um, and they added the a guy named Jalen Adams, who was second in the G League MVP. Mo, uh, he's from St. Bonaventure's. Um, the Spurs – replaced uh, shoulder surgery Lamarcus Aldridge with Tyler Zeller mm-hmm. uh, because he's an unathletic, finesse big man. And Greg Poffitt saw his tape and said, Daddy likes. <laughs> he did.
1: He was like, ooh, um, the CIA could do a lot with
2: this one.
6: Um, yeah. Right. Um,
2: and then Davis Bertans is sitting out for the Wizards. Basically, I mean, just to protect his free agency. Yeah, which is tight. And it sounds like Bradley Beal will also be sitting out. Mm-hmm. So two, the, the big play-in in the East is going to feature uh, two teams that are actively tanking. Yeah. So congratulations on the seven seed, Orlando Magic. <laughs> Although I think Jonathan Isaac is still going to be out too. Oh, also Marv Albert and Hubie Brown are both out mm-hmm. as well. Thank
1: God. We must protect – I mean, fuck. Who cares about Marv Albert? But we must protect Hubie Brown at all costs. I still like Marv. I mean, Marv's fine, but you know, Marv is, uh, Marv was about
2: to get forced out this year. But
1: yeah, Marv is, let's just say slipped. He was getting a lot of names wrong last playoffs. It was kind of sad. He's
2: 79 years old, which is only slightly older than, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. But Hubie, (laughs) Hubie's sharp as a fucking knife, baby. Uh Hubie. did, yeah, like, <laughs> Hubie's, Hubie's perfect. Like Bill Raff, I, I I want I, the the two protect Hubie Brown, protect Bill Raftery. Mm-hmm. Those are the two yeah. most important people in broadcasting to protect. Um, also, just a fun point, um, you know, Mark Albert, pretty old and slipping, two years older than Joe Biden, running against seventy four year old Donald Trump, who himself was the oldest president. Mm-hmm. Uh, in history, Very so cool. perfect. We perfect are breaking records here in America. Um, Teaming up with an 80 year old Speaker of the House. <laughs> um. Okay. All
5: right, um, let's get
1: to Ken. <laughs> we're at 30 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. We talked to our friend Ken Klippenstein about uh, what we could do, maybe, to uncover some NBA conspiracy theories here is our interview with Ken. All right, we are here with uh, Ken Klippenstein. Uh, a, he's a writer for The Nation, an investigative uh, journalist, and most importantly, Harry Cherry's arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's also, though, an expert in freedom of information requests, which is why we've had him on today. Ken, how are you?
3: Hey, I'm hanging in there. How are you guys doing?
1: Uh, we're doing great. Uh, we're ready to get to the bottom to some question. Of, uh, we're trying to get to the bottom to, of some questions we've had for a long time. But before we start, uh, I just wanted to uh, talk to you real quick, um, Ken. How much do you know about
3: basketball? I know that you like uh, shoot the ball on the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect. And there's uh-huh. there's dribbling, and yeah. you can do it between your legs too. Yeah, um, that's about the extent of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know basically everything there is to know. That's so you've you've yeah. got all the important parts down. Uh, <laughs> I should also mention, anytime we have a chance to bring on another person who's also from the East Bay, uh, we we jump at it. So you, Sean's from Pleasanton. I'm from. uh Oh, sorry. Sean's from Pleasant Hill. I'm from Alameda, so it's the, we're full on. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Yeah,
3: I grew up in I grew up in
1: Livermore. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so Sean. Well, I guess first off, Ken, I should ask you for uh, our listeners who only know about basketball and that's the only thing they know. Can you explain to them what a FOIA request is?
3: <laughs> i'll try to do it in a metaphor that's like i'll be like a politician where i'm trying to relate everything to sports you do it tell it <laughs> like gotta, mayor
2: like mayor pete
3: would do it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, was he the one that that referred to the um football stadium as like a court i, I remember it was either i am one of the other primary and i remember hearing that and i was like i I don't really follow sports, and even I know that's not what it's called.
1: Like, what are you guys doing? He did have a mistaken (laughs) sports metaphor. Of course, the best one, I believe, is Ted Cruz once called it a basketball ring, Uh, Uh
3: I believe. yeah, (laughs) That's right. That's
1: what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: So let's see. Uh, So the three-pointer of FOIAs is um, when you get expedited processing. and uh, Actually, under the law, you can request expedited processing. And now is a great time. I always encourage people to um, do these if there's something you want to know. Because if you can relate something to um, coronavirus, then you can make a case for that there is a – the law says urgent need. There needs to be an urgent need for something to be released quickly. Um, And once you're granted that, you you can get it back really fast. Um, But just to explain to people generally – what FOIA is, uh, FOIA is, you know, F-O-I-A, uh, people just say FOIA, it stands for Freedom of Information Act. Um, and under this law, which was really interesting uh, victory of this free speech movement in the, you know, 60s, um, you can request um, essentially any government document, uh, because the idea is that, you know, tax dollars paid for these documents in their production, so taxpayers should have access to them. Um, and, you know, pursuant to a number of exemptions, for example, they'll black out or redact uh, certain portions if there contains personnel records or if there is information that they claim um, could harm national security. And <laughs> that's different from if it does harm national security. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they'll often abuse mm-hmm. that. But um, it's a pretty cool thing. And so if any, any government institution, a school, uh, you know, from, I don't know, like a, a public park to the defense department. Um if they produce records and those records exist, you 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 know have a right to ask for them and in many cases you can you can get them. Now so it's really uh
1: what
2: if I much, wanted
1: to make a new podcast that is weirdly pro CIA about the rock band The Scorpions? Um how would I go about
3: <laughs> making a FOIA request? Well that would be that that would be a good one to actually, because um they have these declassification records. Um, It's very complicated, but with national security stuff, it, it's the hardest to get it if it's happening in real time. So good luck finding anything on, um, I don't know, uh, the, the Venice, the failed Venezuelan coup, if you mm-hmm. could call it that. Um, uh-huh.
1: We would call it that on this podcast right. for sure. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, so. You know, that's so close that um, they're going to be able to make a case to, you know, a judge or, you know, whatever the um, oversight authority is that, oh, you know, this harms our political relations with Caracas right now or with Latin America right now. So we can't release that. Um, But they have these declassification schedules. You'll hear this sometimes (laughs) that stuff people focus on. If you go over, you'll hear these schedules uh, sort of referenced obliquely in media, like whenever they're like, and now we're releasing some more JFK stuff. And you're like, why is that coming out now? Well, that's because um, you know they have twenty-year, thirty-year, forty-year, fifty-year. It's sort of complicated, but generally speaking, the farther you go from the event, the easier it is to get stuff released. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about, you know, I assume you're referring to. Um, there's a really good book on this actually. It's called um, the, "The Cultural Cold War" by um, Francis Stoner Saunders. She talks about. She's a historian um, who talks about um, you know CIA's role in uh, you know propping up certain t- like. Uh, cultural and you know art art mm-hmm. edifices in, in western europe after world war Two because they wanted to crush communism um, right. so one of the ways they went about doing that was to you know back art forms that they thought would uh you know embody you know free markets or w- whatever it may be so that's actually a really good one i would i would send it to the cia okay um <laughs> and, and try to find out you know <laughs> but it's so long ago that that's actually a pretty good idea I, you know it's funny i, I don't often I have to answer these questions, and now it's like, oh, I kind of want
1: to do that now. (laughs) Well, the joke I was making is there is a weird uh, pro-CIA podcast about the rock band, the Scorpions people are listening to right now. The Pod Save America guys did it.
3: a pro-CIA?
1: It's it's weirdly pro-CIA. At one point, one of the Pod Johns is like, wouldn't that just be the coolest story ever if the CIA wrote this song? and the guy keeps talking oh, to like russian no. people
6: and they're like and
1: cannot comprehend how depressed they are when they learn that it's possible the cia wrote their favorite song like he just doesn't <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. get it <laughs> that's like the scene that's like a scene in True Detective where he's watching the tape and he's like, "No!" Yeah. <laughs> I realize that your favorite band was <laughs> made by some guy wearing a tie who went to Harvard. And <laughs>
2: um. So, Sean, you what's have. A, a, oh, go ahead. You go. I had one question, which is, what's the longest you've ever had to wait for a Foyer request to get fulfilled? I, still I mean, I guess them. there's probably still some pending, yeah.
3: Yeah, I still have one pending from the very first month that I sent them out. Um, oh, wow. I Yeah, I have a weird brain. So when I first got into it, I got obsessed, and I probably sent maybe like 500 out. And so um, a decent fraction of those um, are still are still pending because I didn't have much practice. Um, you know, a lot of the timeliness of the response comes down to how well, well you word it, and you want to be really narrow. You want to find out. Um, I mean, one of the secrets of FOIA, at least my approach, is I often have sources that are just telling me what... The documents are called
6: ah. uh, because
3: if you know what they're called then it's like way harder for them to slow roll it uh and it make they they have to go to congress and tell them um you know i produce this many foyas aren't you know aren't i great aren't we being really transparent and so <laughs> the way they juke their numbers and get them up is just by responding to the easiest ones first and so they can knock a bunch out so if you make it easy for them then uh that can help with
2: with hearing back quickly but yeah I have
3: probably yeah dozens that are five years six years
2: seven years I think that's the equivalent, uh, the NBA equivalent of that would be a FOIA garbage time when, uh, it's the outcome's not that important anymore, but you're just kind of juicing your stats.
7: (laughs) (laughs) So,
3: um, so, so am I like the FOIA? I'm trying to think of the name. Am I the, am I the FOIA like LeBron? Like who's the big guy now? It's LeBron.
7: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you're you're actually I would say that you're a volume shooter, which means you're putting up a lot of FOIA requests, so you're like a real scoring champ. I would say you're like an Iverson type, honestly. That's like a hundred
3: percent true too, because people always say, Oh, you're so good at it. Actually, that's not really true. I just like um send a lot and the ones that you see are like the best ones. You're not seeing the like, you know, um four out of five other ones that that either didn't produce anything interesting or didn't produce anything at all. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good observation. What well, I, I most... will say,
2: uh, that, uh, I did, you know, you 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 deny a hundred percent of the FOIA requests. You don't make.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, let's, let's I try. need to have posters. There was a poster of of um, what it, Michael Jordan. They they had to qu- quotes like that, and I always thought it was kind of funny. You know, Michael Jordan <laughs> trying to motivate kids. Is it, do right. <laughs> it? Are all Athletes into success, win, or do they just get branded that way by by the kind of media companies?
5: Um, I think it's probably fifty
1: fifty because I think when you're an athlete, there's a certain amount of um, your chances of getting to the level you're at were so low. You probably there is a probably part of you that thinks you were like touched by god or you oh, know
3: like confirmation bias yeah exactly loss, I mean. yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Um, okay. well and there's also plenty of guys who think they were touched by god and like wash out in college mm-hmm. too you just don't oh. actually hear about that person right well they become cox yeah,
1: they, yeah be- they do become cox yeah <laughs> um, so i do want to Well, first, actually, the first question, before we get into the basketball, I want to ask you one thing. What, have you ever just gotten, like, so, like, you know, like, gotten goofy and been like, what is the most ridiculous thing I can make a FOIA request about? Or, like, um, I guess, what what is the silliest thing you've ever made a FOIA request
3: for? Um, I don't think it it felt silly doing it, but it was like legitimate. So like I sent it to the Department of Homeland Security because Trump, I don't know if you guys remember this, he had asked if he could make a moat and fill it with alligators to keep yes. immigrants from coming across. So I'm typing it across and I'm typing it and I'm just thinking of how insane it is that I'm even doing this. You know what I mean? Like so that would probably be the most ridiculous. And it wasn't even a gag. Like I don't think I could think of a gag that would be more insane than that. So but if you want to find funny stuff, um, a lot of the agencies will publish, um, these FOIA, what is it called? Uh, FOIA, it's like these catalogs of requests that other people have done. And if you go through these requests, the most common requester is like, um, I don't know if you guys watched King of the Hill. It's like Dale Gribble,
6: mm-hmm. where they want uh-huh. to know about,
3: they want <laughs> to know about Roswell and they want to know about like, um, you know, the Clinton murder ring. Mm-hmm. And they, I, mean, I assume now it's QAnon because I haven't checked it in a while, but that is like, it's kind of sad. It's like we have this awesome tool that by the way, a lot of countries either don't have, or where they have in a very attenuated form, um, you know, very limited what they can ask for. Um, so uh, I know that our documentary re- record, and I won't have to say this, but uh, that's one way the U S is like one of the best in the world is we do have a really <laughs> rich documentary and declassification record because of the free speech movement um, in, in the, in the sixties uh, you know, and, and other things, but um it, it, and it's sad because we have this awesome tool and the way that it's used is everybody wants everybody wants to know about like chemtrails
1: yeah like the denver airport the... <laughs> right,
3: um. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> um all right so sean you put together some conspiracies that we're gonna walk ken through said conspiracies and then ask him how he would investigate them correct uh, yes.
2: Yes. Okay. We're going to try to just give a good outline of what the conspiracy is and then from that figure out what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. So so the biggest conspiracy, um, I would say this is probably the biggest NBA conspiracy that there is. Yes, Joey, absolutely. Um, so in 1993, uh, as as depicted in the last dance, um, Michael Jordan retired from basketball to go play minor league baseball for the Chicago White Sox. But the rumor is that uh, in the year or so before, there had been a lot of stories about uh, Michael Jordan uh, gambling to excess, like going to casinos. Um, He wrote a check to cover a golf bet that went to a drug dealer. And his father was killed that summer under very mysterious circumstances where – he was, I think, he was in South Carolina. Is that right, Joey? I think that's anyway, correct. He was, yeah, he was. He was supposedly sleeping in his car on the side of the road and was murdered in a uh, carjacking, basically. Mm-hmm.
1: But now, the, yeah, yeah, get to the
2: conspiracy part. You're you're lingering so the, on the really yeah, yeah. sad part. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and the conspiracy <laughs> is that uh, NBA, the NBA, or Commissioner David Stern specifically um, forced Michael Jordan to take a break from the league in order to get his gambling under control. And that's why he had his, uh, year and a half, uh, as a baseball player.
3: I see. So how would you find out about this?
2: Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, is there, is there, <laughs> could you get an FBI file for any of these people involved?
3: So the way federal FOIA works, because there's different ones, uh, there's federal that governs, you know, the federal agencies like FBI, DOD, CIA, et cetera. Um, and then every state has its own interpretation. So like, there's like the California sunshine act, there's the Illinois open records act. Uh, you know, it's pretty similar, but they interpret it in, in different ways. Um, so this would be a federal quota. The thing about this is that, um, If the person is still living, it's really limited what you can request specifically about them. Mm. So you either have to have a death certificate or like an obituary to show the person passed away. Because as I mentioned before, there's some exemptions from what they'll release. And um, they're what's called, it's actually called the Freedom of Information Act, but it also has an adjunct. It's called the Privacy Act. Mm. Um, So it protects, you know, I can't just get your medical records or something if you're, or even, you know, stuff that might impinge on your privacy if you're still alive. So I would either look for someone associated with this who has passed away or another workaround that I've, you know, made a lot of use of is asking for organizations that are sort of, um, adjacent to or, or, or somehow, um, overlap with these individuals that you're interested in. So once you mention a name, they get all up tight. Um, but if you say, um, say that, say that, um, Michael Jordan had some, um, LLC or something that he set up, um, during that time, or even just knowing his personal address. You could ask for, um, obviously, FBI is going to have the most access because they, you know, have the most sophisticated technology and things to be able to watch things. But even just local police, if there was like weird, um, I don't know, like surveillance of Jordan going on by the the, the head of this um, basketball yeah. association or any other sort of criminality, um, if you just ask for um, a police department, what's called their CAD records, police, they love to generate Data about everything, and that's and power systems generally. Very cool. Generally. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and this is the thing. So when you have a surveillance state, as in many ways we do, um, sort of the exhaust port to the Death Star of that is that they're constantly making files, and because of FOIA, you can get all those and sort of in an asymmetric way use it against them. Um, but that's a whole no- another story. But for our purposes. Um yeah, police generate all sorts of stuff, even if even if it, it sure, everyone knows police reports, but there's way more that they if someone so much as calls just to say, I think I see something, even if they don't file a formal report, that's that's cataloged. If a cop sees something, they you know punch it into their little computer.
6: Well, you can't um, believe so that. Um. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, they won't do that. <laughs> they don't do that to black people, like <laughs> <Michael> Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's like a wealth of documents not just um fbi but um you so if there was like a drug aspect the DEA, you even just local i mean some one fun thing to do is if you just uh something in this guy's house if they're like psychotic if they're like a rich person they invariably have all these weird stories about like um like weird fights and stuff that break out at some like dinner party they have or something and you can oh. always you can often find some of these details yeah um, when the when the police get called,
1: <laughs> well, that is my favorite thing I've learned so far. Um...
2: <laughs> Joey will be filing a FOIA request for Gene Simmons's uh-huh. address. Uh, Who I once did we stop deliver
1: barking. Chinese food to one time. All right, um...
2: <laughs> uh, Sean. What's our next story? Okay, so um, in in 2002, the Lakers and the Sacramento Kings had a playoff series where. Um, game six which could have eliminated the los angeles lakers uh the the lakers got a lot of foul calls uh it was the subject of a lot of speculation like that the nba had directed the officials to make sure that the lakers won to force a game seven and to try to get uh the ratings for a los angeles tv market in the nba finals instead of the ratings in a sacramento tv market um uh, the other additional thing to this is that um, one of the referees, uh, this guy named Tim Donaghy, uh, ended up going to prison for um, gambling on the games and rigging them based on, you know, foul calls and other things. Uh, it's also important to point out that the
1: the refereeing was so bad in this game. Ralph N- Nader actually wrote a letter to the oh. NBA complaining <laughs> yeah. about how bad it was. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a point <laughs> when um, Kobe Bryant swings an elbow and I think breaks a guy's nose, mm-hmm. and uh, they call a foul on the uh, bleeding guy. Yeah. Afterwards. Oh so it's I can it's read the, crazy. I can read
1: Ralph Nader's sentence about that. I have the letter up Please. actually. Please. Please. This, this was not <laughs> all. The Kobe Bryant elbow in the nose of Mike Bibby, who after lying on the floor groggy went to the sideline bleeding, was in full view of the referee who did nothing, prompted many fans to start wondering about what was motivating
2: these officials. <laughs> yeah. So so the question I guess is that the, I, I feel like the official story is that it was rigged by uh, this referee, but mm-hmm. there's also, at the time, nobody thought the ref was dirty in the sense that they were gambling on the game. They thought the league had simply told them to. And then the third possibility is that uh, Miami Heat president Pat Riley uh, trademarked the phrase three-peat in the 80s, mm-hmm. and it's possible that he interfered individually uh, to try to sell more three-peat Brandon Birch <laughs> with the Lakers winning the third title. Of that's, that's Sean's maybe a, own
1: personal conspiracy own personal theory. conspiracy
2: theory <laughs> that that the shadow hand uh, guy to the NBA is uh, Pat Riley uh, stealing a teammate's uh, – stealing one of his players' terms, three-peat, and, and trying to sell more T-shirts. Yeah. yeah.
3: So yeah, how? I would say yep. a similar process. So I mean, one of the big problems with FOIA and my critique of it is that um, it doesn't apply to private institutions. So you know, you can't. It, it, this is really astonishing, and uh, i amazed that since being a reporter, i sort of you sort of learn why private corporations are so dangerous in a lot of ways. There's zero presumption of transparency unless they're a public trade, publicly traded corporation. In which case they'll disclose, you know, small bits of information about quarterly earnings and things like that. You have basically no way to learn about anything you are doing. Literally, it's easier for me to find out what's going on in the, um, I don't know, National Security Division of the FBI uh, um, than it is to find out about what's what what like Kroger grocery store or whatever the corporation is that owns it is is doing. There's no presumption of transparency. So what you have to do is in your FOIA is you got to find ways, like I was saying before, that they overlap with public institutions, since you can only FOIA government institutions um, and you know like I've been critical of the US government in a lot of ways but um, one way that they you know are better than uh, corporations is at least you can find out what they're doing you can't even ask mm-hmm. I mean there's if, good luck asking you know Goldman Sachs like oh so what are you guys lobbying on they'll just laugh at you you know um, so so I would look at like if there were any sort of a criminal elements um, again law enforcement loves to collect intelligence their favorite thing to do at the federal level, when it's DA, FBI, things like that, they like to just look and watch for a very long time before they actually like do anything. They love, I don't know what it is, but they love to just collect mountains of information. So I would try to find anyone that had any sort of criminal ties that this person might interact with. Again, find people that died. Um, if, if all the sort of principal players are, are still alive, ask for spouses that may have passed away okay. because um, they'll still give you stuff. Like documents they might have produced about the living people. It's just that they'll redact their names and some identifying information about them. But very often you can, you can find from context, like who, who they're talking about, you know, like, it, so in this case, it might be maybe, you know, Michael J- Jordan's still alive. I assume. Um, and so, uh, it, they'd be, maybe a document would say like, this individual stopped playing basketball and started playing baseball for two years. It's like, well, I wonder who that is, yeah. you know, so you can usually, guess. Right. <laughs> well, can usually guess from the context, even if, even if the person's still living. So yeah, just, I would just blanket it in a uh, request for, for stuff that uh, any, anything sort of tangent to, or, 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 or close to the, the stuff that you're interested in.
2: Yeah. Tim Donaghy, there was an FBI investigation. So there's probably Ooh. a fair amount of, I mean, there's pro- there was probably a lot of surveillance before he actually got charged because it came out in July of 2007, like five years after this series. And there's kind of no telling how long he was being investigated before that. So,
6: yeah,
3: he did go yeah, to
6: federal prison. So there's
3: different types of investigations. So if I can have a preliminary investigation and the sort of legal bar for conducting that is much lower than if you want to have a formal investigation. And every step along the way they're producing mountains of records um so i guess the most difficult thing is law enforcement they also like to claim they can't claim national security in the same way that say the intelligence community can but they they have law enforcement exemptions so they'll say oh you don't want to cause harm to an ongoing matter they'll say oh these are like law enforcement techniques that we don't want to disclose or if we give you information that you're asking for it's going to it's going to you'll you'll know about some surveillance technique that we have that the public doesn't know about that we can use on the bad guys or however they put it um so so they're like and then also with confidential informants they like to say like oh this stuff they told us this is from a ci so we can't we can't disclose that so there's a lot of ways they can fight back but um again they just produce so much it's really hard for them to keep everything from from slipping out you know
1: all right, Sean, why don't we move on to our next one, which is my favorite one on the list, I think.
2: Yeah, so um, Spurs uh, – San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich uh, has a very national security-adjacent background,
1: I would say. Um, uh, I can read some of the things about it. I pulled them up. Uh, so oh, great, he great, went thanks. to uh, – <laughs> he went to the Air Force Academy. Uh, he – Uh, was stationed in, he was in, he had a brief, quote, brief stint as an intelligence officer in Eastern Turkey. This is in 1970, by the way. His bachelor's degree (laughs) is in Soviet studies. Yes, and his bachelor's degree is in Soviet (laughs) studies. And there have been,
6: yeah,
1: yeah, there have been rumors that, uh, he was a CIA agent. Um,
2: (laughs) yeah, he, he toured Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union with the armed forces basketball team, which... Absolutely seems like something very similar to like the film crew in Argo. Mm-hmm. Um just <laughs> just like any excuse to be in this place. Um, and then he, he had five duties five years of active duty in the Air Force.
1: He also apparently told one of his childhood friends that he was off to go to Air Force spy school. Um <laughs> <laughs>
3: As one
2: does. <laughs> uh, his Wikipedia page has a picture of him with the secret, the then Secretary of Defense, William Cohen, and uh, his best player for many years was uh, Naval Officer uh, David Robinson.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so in the case of CAA, um, they actually are answerable to the State Department or te- technically they're supposed to be. So the, the state, the, so the CIA station chief is actually supposed to answer the ambassador from whatever the, you know, um, embassy, embassy is in that country. So I would ask for records from the uh, respective um, State Department uh, offices in, in the different countries that he was in at that uh, point in time, because they would really be the ones handling him. Um, again, when you get a CIA, that's like they, you know, they love their national security exemptions. Um, you know, this seems pretty distant so it might be that um they'll release a lot of it uh but yeah i would i would focus on state since Mm -hmm. they kind of have have oversight of of, and the other thing is like we you don't really it'd be difficult because um cia officers are given they're not they're actually called spies everyone calls them spies i don't know what it is Spies, the person that they recruit, the officer recruits, it's the, 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 CIA, uh, like official themselves, they're called, it's like they think they're the military. I don't know why they have a very uh-huh. similar structure. And they and call them <laughs> officers. So when you want to find out an officer, um, they are given the option of like rolling back their cover when, when they come back and, you know, retire. And some of them take that option, others don't. Uh, so, you know, a lot of it depends on if, uh, I mean, if he didn't, then I don't know what they would have called him. Uh, you know, it might be difficult to, to, to find out if you used his legal name and you know the more time that passes the better it is but yeah I'd really encourage anyone to just go through not just USAF but um, you know if that was his official cover as they often you know they'll always give these guys they'll just say oh you know they're a DOD attaché or you know he he is a legal attaché for the FBI and then that's just cover so so yeah but the, the, the institution that they would absolutely be in touch with if they were CIA would be the State Department alright All
2: right. Right, so what's our next one OK, this is uh, this is related to uh, there was a point in I think this happened in 2006. Anyway, in about about 15 years ago, uh, Howard Schultz, uh, wildly popular presidential candidate, Howard Schultz uh, <laughs> and Starbucks CEO, uh, just throwing
3: panties
2: at him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, Schultz mania. Um, <laughs> I mean, he could still step in at the convention if there's – if something happens Biden. Um, <laughs> uh, But he sold the Supersonics – the Seattle Supersonics to a group of uh, bankers and frackers who a year later moved the team to Oklahoma City. And is there a way to find out if the NBA knew that that was going to happen when they approved the sale? Because when it happened, it was sort of presented as if uh, they would stay in Seattle for some conditions, like they got a new arena or something, and then they immediately moved the team. Yeah, they basically
1: uh, uh, moved it to a much smaller media market in a much worse city, uh, even though no one wanted them to just because they owned the team. Which seems like something been, yeah. that would happen in, like, the 1940s, but it actually happened in 2006.
3: <laughs> yeah. Would it, have been, would it have been illegal? I mean, one always has to distinguish between uh, all of the awful stuff and then all the awful stuff that happens to be illegal, because the second category is actually a lot smaller, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, would, would this have been illegal?
2: Well, what I would say is, yeah, I don't know if it would explicitly be illegal, but what I would suggest is um, there is there is a very questionable death Mm -hmm. later from one of the members of the Oklahoma city ownership group. Uh, he worked for a place called Chesapeake energy,
6: Mm -hmm. which is like a
2: fracking company and prosecutors were, were had the point of his death. He had just been indicted for conspiracy, sorry for conspiracy to suppress by basically bid rigging, for uh land, land deal gas for fracking. Yeah, that's, the, yeah, thing. that's the thing
3: about these billionaires is you can always learn a lot cuz there is no billion every billionaire leaves a wake of just insane felonious, you know, scandal and 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 uh, schemes and, and cons and things, so that's always provides the yeah. great fodder. For well, that guy, that man's kind of name thing,
1: was Aubrey McClendon, who also, if you rem- if you've watched oh, one of the, the many Fire Festival documentaries, uh, was that guy's mentor.
3: <laughs> I actually foiled yeah. the guy, and I just got some stuff back from him. I foiled him like six years ago when he first passed away, Aubrey McClendon. Oh yeah, um, and I just got stuff back from him in like a year, which is very unusual because I had a pretty narrow request. And you can really see there's a big political component to FOIA. Obviously, I'm a fan of it, but it's very broken. And um, it seems very clear to me that there is a lot of thought about, you know, the political impact of of what they're – or there's at least some thought about the political impact of what they're releasing. Well, if there's anything Um,
1: about the Seattle Supersonics in there, please
2: let us know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because he died. He basically drove his car into a concrete wall at high speed the morning after that. Yeah, he yeah. got indicted. And
3: he was like super rich and relatively young, right? Like, yeah, relatively. He was, yeah, he was like yeah, in uh, his. He was fifty-six. Lived to, yeah, mm-hmm. billionaires looked to one hundred and twelve. Yeah, <laughs> so
6: young, young I mean, he was.
2: Man. He was supposed to be. He basically ditched out on a on a private dinner that involved many rich people, but included uh, Vicente Fox the former president of Mexico. So Mm -hmm. there, there might be a lot of lanes to find. Uh, (laughs) I still think that this was also uh, a big reason why Kevin Durant left the, uh, the thunder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's a bad sign (laughs) when one of your team owners is, uh, all right, clearly in, in too deep to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, so well, our- I don't think you guys have the right ideas look at look at the criminal i mean i have stuff getting out all my all my trade secrets and have some competition <laughs> uh,
2: so- this podcast is about to go in a wildly different direction <laughs> <Coming> forward, <Joey.
3: laughs>
1: a friend of ours is a memphis grizzlies fan and he wanted to know uh so jared kushner's older brother owns 2.5 percent of the memphis grizzlies <laughs> And he wants to know, is there a way to use FOIA requests to figure out how evil of a Kushner he is? Oh,
3: the tough part about, I mean, so this is kind of one of the more absurd features of FOIA. Um, it doesn't actually apply to the White House. And so um, when you look at someone like Kushner, he will have, um, I, I assume, you know, that... Enjoy that cover. There's certain aspects of the White House that you can FOIA narrowly, so like the Office of Management Budget, things like that. But generally speaking, we give our POTUS, um, in general, not just not just the FOIA, like extraordinary power and secrecy as well. Um, So anything to do with the White House is going to be pretty hard.
2: What if we went through his spouse, who is a Victoria's Secret model, Carly Kloss, is there any way that that would, that would provide, (laughs) could we get into like the model manager? Oh, I guess, I guess it wouldn't be the, because she's had to do a lot of international travel. Maybe.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of times, um, if there's like VIPs, also, um, you know, the, the state department will pay some attention to them. Um, I don't know if she would rise that level because usually foreign. It's usually dignitaries,
6: Mm -hmm. like Uh
3: state officials and things. But, um, I, I don't, I think the same thing. I mean, the stuff you're describing now, really, as a reporter, um, one beautiful thing about billionaires is everyone hates them and they like all (laughs) talk insane amounts of shit on them. So, like, Uh um, really, I would, with some of these things, I would just encourage you to like pick up the phone and talk to somebody. One thing I used to do is I just used to look at like court records for like business so that I could just see when they uh, incorporated a partnership with someone and like, invariably call up the guy that did this with them. And if it's a billionaire, almost every time they were ripped off or <laughs> you know, like screwed over, and then they'll tell you their whole story because they hate these guys. You know what I mean? So
6: yeah, that's yeah. usually
3: to me, that's usually more, that's a more <laughs> fruitful, uh, you know, w- way to get the get the dirt on these guys than, than, than for us sometimes if they're, you know, if they're super rich.
1: All right. I think we have time for one more and I'm going to ask you my favorite one here. Uh, in 2000, in the year 2000, uh, NBA player Olden Polonis was arrested twice for impersonating a cop. Is there yeah, a way. In two different you, yeah, states. In by two the way. different states. Is there a way we can find out if he had actual ties to law enforcement?
6: Oh, he has, and it would he,
2: he, he has a 610 uh, center, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Peaceful. Yeah, and he had an like honorary had badge from I think <laughs> the California Sheriff's Department.
6: Um,
2: well, I mean, if he was a confidential
3: informant, that's not going to be something they're going to release. Uh, at least not. Uh, I, I don't know how it works as more time passes, but certainly not you know in, in any sort of contemporaneous um, uh, context. So, uh, I mean, if the you know if this was some sort of formal relationship with them, then I think that'd probably be pretty. Hard unless I mean sometimes they're just sloppy. Like uh, sometimes you could just ask for an email. They'll have emailed the guy and not thought to. Uh, y- y- as you get higher up in bureaucracy, people get smarter, and they, I noticed there's a tendency to just like use the they, whenever they want to talk about anything sensitive. If, everyone in Washington has this thing. They say they say uh, you know anyone in, in bureaucracy is they, they call it the Colin Powell rule. Colin Powell once said uh, um, you know don't put it in writing unless you're comfortable with being on the front page of the New York Times and, uh, fortunately with cops, they don't really have that level, like local police, at least they don't, I don't see that level of sophistication. <laughs> so you can often, they'll often get sloppy and, and leave things and leave, you know, no notar- rise and, and, you know, uh, memorialize information. And I don't, you can actually FOIA their text messages from their, from their like work phones. Um, depending on the, depending on the, um, uh, you know, state, you can even FOIA stuff from their, like, uh, personal private phone if it's being used for like government business which is what you saw with the clinton investigation where she was using the server for she's using a private server for government business you can still actually foil that you just have to demonstrate that, that they're using it um, so they would have to they would have to fuck up in some way but um i don't anytime yeah i don't know if, if there's any sort of formal relationship and uh that, that he's acting maybe in un- undercover I don't know how you hide an undercover guy that's, like, 6'5". 6'10". So <laughs> right. He's 6'10". He was also, like, <laughs> <Jesus> 350.
6: <Christ. laughs>
3: hey, basically he basically
2: was... He basketball
3: do... players, do they die early, like how, how really big dogs do? Because their hearts don't pump the blood? You... <laughs> is, um, that a, is that a thing?
5: I would say it's not... I don't think
1: they die any earlier than any other... Um,
2: yeah, yeah like well... Yeah. Really tall players often have heart problems. Yes. I would
1: say. But I would say actually football linemen have more of that going on than NBA players, right,
2: Sean, when oh, you yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, well there's just way more some extraneous injuries and there. things. Yeah. But you will you, yeah. will you will have very strange things like um just just really tall players tend to um have, like, massive heart attacks at age 55 mm-hmm. or something That's like that. Like, like, like Will Chamberlain that. died pretty young. Yeah. Moses yeah. Malone died pretty young. And both of them, uh, like, not really sick beforehand, just sort of, like, died in their sleep of a heart attack. Yeah. So oh. I think there is probably a certain amount of strain of just, like, pumping blood that far. That being yeah. said, Bill Russell, uh, you know, who graduated college in 1957 is still like hanging out at NBA events and, and tweeting uh, at MSNBC like every day yes he yeah. <laughs> he got on Twitter I think so he's, he's like 85 years old now and he got on Twitter at like age 83 and a half and just yeah pretty much like anyone of that age even Bill Russell is just kind of watching MSNBC and giving feedback. <laughs> he through his literally
1: tags MSNBC in basically every one of his <laughs>
3: tweets. <laughs> the great, the great thing. It's somehow sadder than being like one of the, like a Trump guy that's like has all the money in the world, can do whatever you want, and you're screaming at Fox is you're screaming at like Chris Matthews. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, this <laughs> well, guy's the, pro MSNBC. Like Bill Russell's one of the great. He's like the first pro-athlete who was, like, uh, very, um, openly, like, worked in civil rights. Like, he like, he refuses to go back to Boston, because that's where he
2: played, because they were racist to him. Yeah, uh, he, he, he almost he, wouldn't let them retire his jersey, Yeah, but he only agreed to do it if no Bo- no actual Boston fans were there, because he was just like, this city <laughs> sucks. <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, he. Um, the other great thing about him is that for about his first two weeks on Twitter, his handle was something like Real Bill Russell, and then just a crazy like a, string of like numbers. eighteen numbers. <laughs> and I think someone someone at Twitter just finally reached out to him and was like, "We, we could just give you Bill Russell."
1: Uh, <laughs> um. Well, thanks, Ken. Uh, yeah, that was. This great. was really enlightening.
3: Uh, what would you like to plug? Oh gosh, um, I would say if you are federal government, uh, hit me up at Signal. I'm two zero two five one zero twelve sixty eight. Oh, please, uh, love, to find, love to find sources to help me with my FOIA uh, yes. uh, expeditions.
1: Please, if if one source comes from our dumb podcast, I will be so happy. <laughs> yeah, we'll put, we'll put that in the show notes too. Um, say that I again, Ken. That, What's yeah. your signal?
3: My signal is two zero two five one zero twelve sixty eight. It's a free encryption app that um, will kind of it, – it, like, encodes your messages so that uh, mm-hmm. people in, in the middle can't read them.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, thanks a lot, Ken. So much for doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah, on? that was awesome. We'll let you go. Thanks, Thank guy. you for teaching
3: me about uh, basketball <laughs> and about um, basketball players' heart circulatory system. Yeah.
1: Hey, 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 anytime <laughs> we're here. And yeah. Ralph Nader <laughs> writing letters to and the that, NBA. Moments,
6: like so good. <laughs> a strongly <laughs> like, worded like Bernie, letter to the NBA. Bernie had a
3: story. Bernie had a story like that. Do you remember when he was weighing in on the, some baseball regulation or something that he disagreed <laughs> with? Do you remember this? This was like a few months ago. I, they, oh, was that
2: the minor No, it was about um, they were cutting right, the minor jobs league. to the yeah. league. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it actually was like a, you know, pretty legit workplace uh, issue, <laughs> labor issue.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, all right. Thanks a lot, Ken.
3: Thanks. All
2: right, take care, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye.
1: All right. So that was Ken. Uh, please uh, give him some tips if you're a whistleblower. He's available on Signal, uh, you know, but do it safely. We don't want you... Uh, This country uh, is not great with whistleblowers, so be safe with Ken. And please uh, send us what FOIA requests you're sending the government, and we will tweet them out. (laughs)
2: Yeah, we'll tweet them out. Uh,
1: Sean, before we go today, um, it's Mm -hmm. time to check in with two guys we haven't checked in with for a while.
7: Oh, that's right.
1: We, look, we don't know anything about basketball. We're just two idiots. Luckily, we know a couple of nerds who know all the ins and outs of the salary cap, analytics, stats, and now apparently COVID-19. One of them has a separate podcast he's been doing that I cannot find anywhere. I think it's on tour or something. Um, But it's time for an episode of the only podcast within a podcast about analytics it's time for Slammed Up with Brett Sampson and Randy Ledoux.
3: This is Slammed Up with Brett Sampson and Randy Ledoux. Analytics, friendship, efficiency, and promo codes. These guys are fucking dorks.
2: Welcome to the Slammed Up Analytics Basketball Podcast, uh, the only podcast within another podcast. Uh, my name is Brett Slamson, and with me as often is my co-host Randy Ledoux. How are you doing, Randy?
5: Oh, I'm doing okay, Brett. Um, it's been pretty slow over here. You know, I've been working for the Biden campaign, but we're in hiding, so mm-hmm. not much work to do.
2: Yeah, um, are you are you staying in the same basement as a uh, Sleepy Joe?
5: Uh not anymore. I have now um returned to the dollhouse that I live in. Uh mm-hmm. on the rental property that you I'm I'm sharing. We covered that mm-hmm. last episode.
2: We are co- we yep, you are sharing it. Uh isolation, it's tough for landlords, it's tough for tenants. It's tough for the podcasting community.
5: Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we're mainly mainly my job now is I uh route any requests or press calls that go to joe to a uh a recording of joe from 25 years ago so he sounds more lucid
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: um how have you been
2: uh i've been okay i've been uh i had to uh evacuate uh some of the uh people that had been staying in my uh dungeon Uh, because of an outbreak. Uh, It was not COVID-19. It was gonorrhea, but we have uh, disinfected the play areas and the uh, secure punishment areas, so we are uh, back in business. Uh, I am petitioning the governor to uh, open it up a little further, but uh, for right now, we're back in business. And uh, before we get started with more, I want to welcome one of our sponsors uh, to this. Uh, Look, now, Everyone's excited about the short season and the NBA bubble, and while there's plenty of projection systems in place to tell you who's going to win, I prefer Kevin Pelton's uh, Shani and Brian Oranger's video system, the Dynamic Outcome Ultra Chalk Hardcore Evaluations, or Douche. Uh, It's very aggressive, but what if you're interested in death rates? That's where Casketball Prospectus comes in. Casketball Perspectives crunches all the relevant numbers, infection rates, uh, R coefficients, white blood cell counts, uh, rebound rate, ICU, abil- ICU availability, hospitalizations, uh, tattoo parlors per square inch, and uh, wind shutters. Uh Author... Oliver Dean and yours truly have team by team previews predicting the mortality for all 22 of the bubble teams, including coaching staffs and front offices, and with the Casketball Prospectus Patreon subscription. We update the spreadsheets and death certificates on an hourly basis. It's the best way to be hit while disrespecting HIPAA. Uh, subscribe now with promo code State of Florida suggested reopening guidelines and get 10% off. It's easy to remember talk about it all the time on the podcast we talk about
5: it all the time
2: so thank you uh i Casket can't wait Ball. to watch tenant oh it's gonna be great oh uh, i can't
5: wait what's it mean
2: i don't know it's it's backwards it's uh it's backwards it's, uh, it's
5: forwards
2: it's my favorite actor from ballers oh mine too mm-hmm. well second favorite i i like terrell Suggs the best but john david washington is second
5: it's my uh. fourth favorite actor from the twilight series
2: Ooh, who's your who, who are your three favorites
5: Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. also Team Jacob. I'm Team oh, yeah. Jacob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dakota Fanning, of course.
2: Oh, right, she's she's fantastic.
5: If I could be a member of any famous family, it would be a Fanning.
2: Mm-hmm. I just You'd really be...
5: feel like I'd fit in with those gals.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Dakota's very small.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, not what as small about as you, but,
2: but fairly small. Well, she's she's a little taller. That's all. I mean, great actress though.
5: Yeah, we were, we're uh look, the there's power in pint size. That's what mm-hmm. I like that, to say.
2: That's true. That's on the the t shirt you've been wearing for a lot of quarantine. It's
5: also tattooed on the backs of my knees.
2: Oh wow, I didn't I didn't realize that you must do that with a really fancy laser, given the uh sort of ethereal uh nature of your of your skin. I can also uh, just
5: wish it into existence and it
2: mm-hmm, appears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we get going, I want to say get well soon, Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a uh, proud partner of Slamson Corp and a great advocate for deficit reduction, austerity measures, and uh, weird crypto capitalism. Uh, stay strong, and I promise the price of coin will absolutely rebound after Fourth of July weekend. We have got a lot of investor capital tied up at Lake of the Ozarks. It's going to be huge.
5: Are you reopening the beaches?
2: Uh, I'm reopening the beaches and uh, we own a funeral home and a strip club now uh, through a shell company. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but also, I think I think it's time to uh, leave the analytics of basketball behind and move into the analytics of infectious disease. I think it's time for the only covid podcast within a podcast within a podcast. It's the Chinese virus podcast. Uh, so let's start off with some news first. Uh, first of all, uh, Adam Silver has confirmed that Disney's Wide World of Sports Center compound will not shut down its 5G service, so I expect the virus to spread very rapidly through the entire population. Uh, I suggest using a burner flip phone, as I always have for reasons of privacy, uh, wiretapping regulations, and, uh, you know, I like doing that thing where I snap it in half and throw it Mm -hmm. in the trash at the end of uh, every phone call, text message, or web search. Uh, I am currently going through 225 burner phones every single day. Mm -hmm. You're Uh, like
5: uh, Paul Pierce times 10,000.
2: I'm like Paul Pierce and Joe Dumars had a baby and it was a technophobe. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's pretty great. You're like and the
5: anti Tiger Woods.
2: I am the anti Tiger Woods. I uh I'm I'm very private and uh you know I I I don't ever um I I never sleep with a uh, diner waitress. It's all uh roadhouses and or uh you know a I'll, I'll go to a Chick-fil-A. Mm. That's what I do. Um, And before we get started, I want to get your thoughts on the bubble. But first, we need to talk about one of our new sponsors. And first, I have to apologize for last week's sponsor. Uh, It was definitely a bad idea uh, due to recent events. And on the advice of my lawyer, my lawyer is, of course, Randy Ledoux. Uh, Randy, you have a legal background. I have a legal background. Yeah, we will. We cannot uh, reread. The ad for Dwight Howard's pandemic party line uh, quarantines this week. Uh, It was a bad idea. We at the Chinese virus podcast apologize. We also apologize for Chris D'Elia's guest appearance on the podcast last week. Uh, It was inappropriate. Uh, His act outs were uh, both disturbing and uh, confusing to a podcast only audio audience. And he is no longer welcome on the podcast or at the uh, rental property. Uh, but we do have a new sponsor to replace him. Uh, now, here's the thing, uh, Randy. Yes? If you're like me in quarantine, you have laid in some serious supplies. You know, all, all the essentials, uh, you know, uh, dry goods, uh, rice, uh, onions, uh, you know, water-based lube, uh, dental dams, uh, ammunition, and, uh, bear traps. But, uh, I don't
5: know if I'm like you.
2: Mm hmm. -hmm. But, uh, you know, and the thing is, you could go to the store, but stores make you wear masks. And uh, as an amateur epidemiologist, I think you should do. But as an anarcho libertarian, I don't think the government should tell me. To do that. So that's the paradox. Uh, according to my philosophy, uh, as you know, it's called polyamorous deontological post paleo libertarianism. Uh, according to that, the only person who should tell you that is a, a epidemiologist, a military strongman, a well read podcaster, or a professional Dong. Uh, that, Which sorry, one that was a tangent. Important? But, uh, like, in the I hierarchy, say, uh,
5: hierarchy would, who's, who do I listen to first? Say they're all telling me different things.
2: Uh, I think you've got to uh, answer your mistress first. That's the more immediate concern just because of the availability of pain. I
4: would go uh, podcaster next.
2: I mean, make sure you listen to six or seven episodes before you make up your mind. Uh, Then I would say strongman. Then finally, epidemiologist, Uh, depending on what you think of the podcast. The podcaster could be third in that hierarchy, but definitely uh your mistress, your master, your uh leather queen, your financial, your fin dom, as they say, uh, that's gotta be your top priority no matter what. Uh sorry about that tangent, but I, I'm just saying that uh shopping, especially shopping for alcohol, uh has been a problem. And I think we, we saw Worldwide Wes's uh highlight video of shopping where he said that uh, shopping was a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he also said that Walmart was a bucket. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Well, so because of the problems with shopping, that's why you should order your alcohol from Wine Zellers, the fortified wine company run by the NBA's only disaster prepper brothers, uh, Cody and Tyler Zeller. They take the finest grapes from the vineyards of Charlotte, North Carolina and Foxborough, Massachusetts, and they make some of the best wine available anywhere on the uh, Chesapeake Bay region or northeastern United States. Uh, The secret is finesse. Tyler and Cody don't muscle the grapes. That's not their style. They use stealthy footwork to ease the grapes into softness. They pass the grapes from barrel to barrel, luring them into fermentation with a series of fakes, up-and-under stomps, and full-body flops. And they take time. Wine Zeller's signature blends are on the shelf for at least half the year. And uh, best of all, you maximize your storage space by ditching the glass bottles and getting the wine in stackable cube form, perfect for a bomb shelter, bunker, or hygienically sealed converted sex dungeon. After all, Zellers know how to box out. Uh, you can get 25% off your first boxes of wine Zellers with promo code Pace Adjusted, offensive win shares. Uh It's easy to remember. We talk we about ta- it all the time. We talk about it all the time. And uh, let's remember, they only sell whites. Wine Zellers. They put the wine... In wine, uh, Randy, that, that first wine was wine uh, with an
5: H. I figured as much.
2: I, I really insisted. they It would not work on an ad read, but Cody insisted, and uh, I'm, I'm so mad at him right now. But thank you for advertising, uh, Wine Zeller's. Now, uh, Randy, let's talk about the most important thing when it comes to uh, this bubble situation in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, it's contracts.
5: Of course it's contracts. There's nothing more important than contracts anywhere in the entire world.
6: Mm-hmm. The only and- thing
2: important
5: is contracts.
6: Mm-hmm. People Money are- makes
5: the world go round.
2: People are their worth on a balance sheet and their production on a stat sheet, and nothing else. The rest mm-hmm. is just uh, a bag of water and shit. Mm-hmm.
5: Feelings? What is mm-hmm. that?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't have care been. about. I don't care about what my basketball skin bags have to say, and you shouldn't either.
5: I don't even care if they play the games.
2: No, no. I mean, why aren't we just simming them? Why aren't we simming the whole season?
5: I have been. Just yeah. a, I have a spreadsheet that is my NBA season.
2: And you know what you know what you know why when a lower seed beats a high seed when when a statistically inferior team triumphs on the court what do they call that Randy? You tell it's, me. It's an upset. You know yeah. why? Because you should be upset that the laws of probability mm-hmm. did not work out in your favor. And, uh, it's a travesty. And that's why, uh, yeah, they should just be simming it. Uh, I definitely think that, uh, the bubble is not tight enough. They're not STD testing these workers at Disney. What's going to happen in the, uh, Bacchanalian world of NBA isolation? I hesitate to, to think what's going to happen, but, uh, you know, they, they need to be, Giving detailed list of their partners, uh, their sexual activities, their likes and dislikes, and we have to figure out uh, exactly who's a bottom and a top before this pandemic starts. Uh, also, the bubble is too tight because these men have needs.
5: I've also heard you think that the bubble. So you think the bubble's both too tight and not tight enough?
2: Yeah, that's correct.
5: Okay, I was particularly interested in uh, the ping pong setup. That they have? I figured you would be upset that they can't play doubles ping pong.
2: Uh-huh. I, I, I play triples, actually. <laughs> That's I play I play a, a really uh European blend of ping pong, let's say. And the that we we each have two paddles. It's sick. It's sick, it's sick, Randy.
5: I've seen it and I don't like it and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Alright, mm-hmm. as for me. My problem with the bubble isn't so much bubble related at all. It's contract related. And I believe that we need to redo the CBA so that each player's dollar amount is now tied to the number of COVID antibodies they have in their system.
2: Oh, this is fantastic. For this the is fantastic. next
5: 10 years,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm.
5: need to rip up all these Supermax contracts and, uh, Make them max antibody contracts.
2: Yeah, super max equals uh, super health, which means, uh, I believe... There's uh, too much risk! hmm We mm-hmm. need
5: to mitigate the risk by,
6: yeah.
5: uh, by uh, correlating blood tests with dollars. It's the mm-hmm. only way I'll understand what's happening in the
2: world. Mm-hmm. It needs, it needs to have a financial cost attached to it, or it, it, you, you might as well be speaking Chinese. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking and, uh, of, do you
5: have cons- some conspiracies you want to debunk here?
2: I do, but I need to talk to one of our sponsors first. Uh, this week on the Chinese Virus Podcast, we are sponsored by Lauren Boebert for Congress. Uh, I actually met uh, the congressional candidate from Colorado on the dark web, doing various cryptocurrency transactions, photo exchanges, and some light sexting. Uh, eventually, I visited her excellent rifle, excellent restaurant. I'm sorry. In Rifle, Colorado, it's called Shooter's Grill. The servers are hot, but not as hot as the lead they're packing, Randy. Uh, now, as you may have heard, she is a QAnon supporter. And uh, while I don't embrace that philosophy, I am, of course, deeply concerned about the uh, influence of the deep state. Uh... I have,
5: I have a, some...
2: Mm-hmm. Go, ahead, go, go ahead, Randy.
5: Ahead. I'm
2: Q. i am I mean, you're cute. Yeah. You, well, are you, are you, oh, I guess you are, actually, have been pretty highly placed in the government for a while. Uh,
5: no, are you? I'm not. I don't know any. I've, it was just some poetry I was writing, and it sort of oh. spun out of control.
2: Right. Oh, oh, it's from your. You have that chat book about storm poetry. Yeah. Oh, and that got leaked to. Uh, I 8chan. thought
5: I was putting it on my own personal live journal, and somehow <laughs> I posted it to Eight Chan. Uh-huh. I meant to post some. Some funny frog memes I found.
6: Mm-hmm. uh Oh, I
5: accidentally posted some poetry I wrote that was meant just are for me, and I've been very embarrassed about it. Are you time. an
2: are you an are you an accidental shit poster, Randy? Yeah. Oh, this this is this is amazing. I uh, you know your your poetry is I I have to say I I you know how much I dislike words that are not uh efficiently arranged for maximum information value, right, Randy? I do. Yeah, and I, I, I tolerate your poetry. Oh well, thank you. Um, I absolutely tolerate it.
5: It's not about Donald Trump or any of that, though. No. It's about my feelings and what it's like to be a man who is ageless, mm-hmm. who was shrunk in an experiment, and now can, I cannot die and cannot live, and mm-hmm. te- technically I'm not even human anymore.
2: It's true, it's true it's it's the storm inside yourself
5: exactly it's it's mainly about how sad I'm going to be when you die
2: well i oh well i i I have been you know i I've, I've been investing heavily in life extension technology I know I'm definitely still, going to you know you know you have arrangements that you know what you're supposed to do when I die, right no you 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 cut off my head, you freeze it, and then you cut off my penis and you freeze that cryogenically, and we just we wait for a cure. And a a more laissez-faire uh, sexual society before I'm reincarnated. Makes sense. Yeah, I'll do um, it. Incredible. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to get back, back to this ad woman. read. I'm sorry, this woman. Uh, Randy, you and the Patreon subscribers who get the Substack email or watch the Twitch stream know I'm actually a uh, HQ anon blogger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that that. Popular trivia game is a Chinese government malware app to steal our bank records, our DNA, and our precious bodily fluids. And I said that to with no malice towards a friend of the podcast, uh, Scott Rogowski. But uh, Lauren Gobert, she is a bo- bober, bober, I, I, we only, we didn't use real names when we met. Uh, but she's pro two A, she's pro freedom, and I can personally attest, she is anti monogamy and pro. Raw dogging. So uh, let's send her to Congress, but first, let's send her to the rental property. Right, honey? Uh, I will match all donations up to $69 to the campaign. If you use promo code where we Go one we go all the way. Uh, it's easy to remember. I chant it uh, after the podcast all the time. Uh, Lauren, Bo- Lauren Bobert for Congress. The storm is coming, and so am I. All right, uh, so we want to talk about one more thing about this uh, podcast. Bubble situation. Uh, we want to debunk some conspiracies, Randy. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of disinformation. That's what uh the Chinese po- virus podcast is all about: is providing unbiased, uh, factual information based on statistical analysis and not talking to anyone about their feelings. Aggregating. Uh, mm-hmm. We're the
5: best aggregators.
2: The best aggregators. Don't uh, tell Brian
5: Windhorst.
2: No, no, he's uh also a friend of the podcast. Uh, enemy of us personally, though. He he mm-hmm. does not care for us uh I I want to just say that it is uh it is not true that Yao Ming brought the coronavirus to the NBA because David Stern refused to close the borders that is merely an internet rumor mm-hmm. uh clearly it was spread by uh Wong Shishi who arrived in 2001 not coincidentally just a few short months before uh you guessed it 9 11 and uh much like the Kung Flu itself, uh Wong was created in a medical laboratory in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. So you can count that one as debunked, Randy. Five G still extremely, extremely dangerous though. Uh we've got one final sponsor that we we've crammed him in this week. Uh it's like it's kinda like it reminds me of the rental property, if you know what I'm saying. But this is actually one of the most exciting sponsors we've had. Uh, it's a product very close to my heart. I'm proud to partner with this product. Now, uh, dating is hard for most people, uh, especially during a pandemic. But, uh, you know, don't think of the pandemic as a government conspiracy to enforce monogamous celibacy and drive down the birth rate among Caucasians. Instead, think of this as a time to sharpen your skills. I'm learning to weld, for example, but you can also learn to date. And that's where... MDA's PUA MBA comes in. Now, uh, Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni has an online masterclass where you can get an MBA, that is a master's in banging a lot, in pickup artistry. Look, uh, Mike D'Antoni, he played in Italy for many years. He was the best-looking man in the state of West Virginia from 1967 all the way to 1973, and his mustache was certified 100% fresh by the FDA, that is the face-sitting divorcees of America. Uh, In fact, he didn't actually shave off the mustache. It had to retire from exhaustion. The man's credentials are solid. Now, let me tell you about the MDA system. It will let you pick up women in seven seconds or less, thanks to some special techniques. One, you make a pass immediately. The closer you get to last call, the more time a woman has to set up her defenses. Uh, Two, volume shooting. Uh, Don't wait for the best shot. Just shoot your shot whenever you see an opening. Uh, step three is peacocking. You want to grow a mustache or a, uh, giant elaborate beard. Uh, maybe you talk like foghorn leghorn with a deviated sectum in an accent that knows no national origin or boundaries. Can you, uh, maybe, can you do that? Do you do that? I mean, it, I mean, it, I guess it kind of sounds like this. That's, so it's sort of, you sort of talk like this when you try to pick up a woman.
5: That's troubling. Yeah.
2: Uh, and then, uh, you bring Shack along. For no discernible reason. You've added Shaq. It didn't seem to help, but it gets a lot of attention. Uh, four, you want to neg from a variety of angles. You can say things like, you're pretty athletic for a Canadian, or you tell your boss that his new blues album is a promising demo. Uh, and five, you want to stay away from anyone taller than six foot six. It will only make you look short and, uh, you want to stretch your dating pool. Now MDA's PUA MBA works, and he has elaborate spreadsheets to prove it. Uh, get your first trial class for free with promo code Civil Harassment Restraining Orders. Uh, we unfortunately talk about it all the time on the podcast. Uh, it's very easy to remember. No,
5: you you talk about that one all the time.
2: Yeah, it's un- it's unfair. The burden I'm of proof of really. civil case, a preponderance of evidence. What is that? Uh, MDA's PUA MBA graduate into her pants. All right, Randy. So, uh, you know, another another extremely informative Chinese virus podcast. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Randy? Um,
5: just go to Joe thirty thirty three zero three 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 zero three 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 four two.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. 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 Fantastic. Um, and you can, if you want to support the podcast, you can donate to me on the Cash App. I am a dollar sign. Uh, you know, COVID Warrior sixty nine four twenty nine eleven underscore uh, sex machine. So uh, it's easy to remember. I give it out on the Chinese virus podcast all the time. Uh, and make sure that you wash your hands and wash your balls. We'll talk to you next time. I don't know if we should ever have them on again. I don't. How
1: is how is that science? It's not. It's not science. None, none of science. That. None of that, none of that is true. Also. Their personalities are becoming more and more troubling by the second. I don't, it's like isolation made them both worse. Yeah. Like um, I, I
2: just wish Randy had a friend.
1: I mean, Jeremy died. What are you gonna I do? Guess that's
2: true, that's true.
1: Um <laughs> Uh Sean, that's our show. Thanks again okay. to Ken. Uh whistleblow if you have some so a whistle to blow. Um and uh sean anything you want to plug
2: uh yeah i'm gonna have a thing about uh the uh the wild cards of the bubble and some of that is player things and some of it is just um horrifying things i'm learning about the pandemic so uh that should be on yard this week and you can check it out
1: um and then as for me you can always follow me on twitter at frankie muniz where again i'm worried about me because i have not tweeted since I retweeted something on June 15th. So well, that's
2: this is not someone good.
1: Please check on Frankie Muniz, um, but an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, you can all uh, follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz where on 6-12-14, I tweeted, just cracked my phone screen and I didn't even drop it. Bent down in skinny jeans, kill me.
2: Jesus, oh my god.
1: Uh, Sean, did you write a song?
2: I did. I did a collab with uh Bob Dylan. It didn't quite make the cut for his uh, newest album, uh, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's called COVID in the Wind.
1: Great. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Let's get those FOIA requests in right now.
7: How many mics must a dumb Frenchman touch before the jazz put him on the block? And how many games will J.R. Smith blow because he's ignoring the clock? And how many guys will get caught leaving the bubble because they're on a groupie's TikTok? The answer, my friend, is COVID in the wind The answer is COVID in the wind On how many broadcasts will Jeff and Mark fight Before they're infecting my like green times would Traper have to cough before he would trust the vaccine And how many questions will NBA owners Dodge pretending they didn't know Epstein? The answer, my friend, is COVID in the wind The answer is COVID in the wind. Yes, and how many video games will Gordon Hayward play while he's away from his wife? And how many bin coins will Dinwiddie sell while he's fighting for his life? And how many civilians will Andrew Griffith kill before they defund Barney? The answer, my friend, is COVID in the wind The answer is COVID in the wind Hey, and the wind's a transmitting force You're an idiot if you don't wear a mask All right